All right, week one, stupid versus the spread. Week one of college football. We're finally here, finally ready. We got games in three, four days max. We're all excited. So let's let's start with uh, major stories. We're just going to wave tap. We're just going to cover the basics here in case you have been dead in the brain since the last college football season, which happens to us. So if you haven't been keeping up, uh, and Mike and I kind of talked about it, there's some major coaching changes of note. Auburn has Hugh Freeze now. Um, Cincinnati got a new coach after Luke Fickle uh, left for Wisconsin. Uh, Colorado obviously has Deion Sanders. Um, so there's a few changes uh, to coaching. Nothing too big, I think, from last year, except maybe the hiring of Hugh Freeze, which I think was a shock to me. Um, Luke Fickle was kind of known that he was he was out the door uh, to Wisconsin and and, and uh, to be honest, Colorado was kind of a last year storyline as they announced Dion at the end of the year. Uh, as far as QB changes, there's a few um, QB changes. So, you know, Devin Leary is now at uh, University of Kentucky. He was a transfer. Uh, notable other transfers: Brennan Armstrong is now at NC State. Sam Hartman's now at Notre Dame, as you probably saw last week if you're watching the game. DJ Ungalele is at Oregon State, and Tanner Mordecai is at Wisconsin, and then everybody kind of shuffled around uh, after that. So those were the major, major notable changes. And then the other, other storyline from this week, I think, if you agree, Mike, would be, as we mentioned on last episode, um, Harbaugh is suspended for three weeks by the school, not by the NCAA. So there's still a chance he faces repercussions next year but you won't see him on the sideline for the first three games. And he described it as having a baseball bat taken to his kneecaps, if I believe I saw that right, <laughs> which is always funny. But uh, any anything you want to add, Mike? Any, anything notable you think that affects lines or betting or anything for this week? No, I th- yeah, I, Dion. obviously, that I think the only reason that that line is 20 and a half is because it's Dion. And granted, Dion plus Shadir and Travis Hunter, Colorado, um, and it, like TCU, obviously not having you know their entire championship game roster back. Um, so that I mean, as far as like coaching changes for Week One, I think that's the only one that's really in play. Uh, I, the the rest of the major ones, Auburn, Wisconsin, they're playing tomato cans. So um, those lines are where they are. Um, yeah, if you're not aware, Colorado's at TCU, obviously who was very good last year despite losing pretty badly in the national yeah. championship game. So not a not an easy first game. We talked about it on our uh, preview show, so if you haven't listened, go watch that. But really, uh, really tough opening slate for Colorado this season. Um, no, I actually, the only thing I will say, and people will say I'm just insulting North Carolina State, but I do think uh, swapping Devin Leary for Brennan Armstrong is a downgrade. Um, Brennan Armstrong graded out as like, the 240th quarterback on PFF last year. Now, granted, he was like top 10 in the country going into last year. And Mm -hmm. obviously with everything that happened at Virginia, um, you know, his grade was never going to be good. Uh, But I still, I I think you can make an argument that Devin Leary is is a better quarterback. Um, So I, I, as excited as everybody is to see uh, Brennan Armstrong at North Carolina state, I don't know that he necessarily makes them better than they were projected to be last year. Um, as a quarterback. And then the only other thing I had quick note, um, you know, obviously we're recording this on Tuesday, um, shooting at North Carolina yesterday where I'm currently attending uh, law school. So um, 
was a rough, rough day in the Carolina community. I'm, I'm really proud of the way that uh, our first responders at Carolina and really the, the entire university has responded to this. Obviously, it's, it's horrible and it's something you never want to see. But I, I think by and large, the community has rallied around and supported one another. Um, so I just want to shout out our, um, you know, both our administration, our first responders uh, on what they've done so far. And, and obviously, we'll continue to, to make our way through this week and hopefully have something to take our minds off of that tragedy um, on uh, over the weekend with some good college football. Yeah, well, let's let's get into it. Let's start uh, previewing the week for those of you who haven't listened. We uh, pick about five to six games a week we think are going to be the best games. Uh, usually these are like pretty close in the spread um, just by the nature of them being a good game. Um, and we'll kind of run through them, tell you what time they're at, tell you what the spread is and what we think of the game and if we have any picks or leans. Uh, and then we'll finish up the episode with uh, our slate of picks for the week. So we'll start off uh, Florida at Utah, uh, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Utah is a six-and-a-half point favorite, over-under is 44-and-a-half. Uh, Utah obviously coming off of a pretty strong season last year. I think Florida fans would say they were disappointed in last year's performance. Um, but Mike, give me your thoughts on Utah and Florida, where you lean, where you pick and, and what you think of the game. Um, it's on paper. This looks like a fun game. I think this is going to be a little bit of a, a snoozer. Um, mm-hmm. it's Florida traveling already, um, because of the impending hurricane. Uh, I'm not like the reason they won last year was because Anthony Richardson. Um, Correct. and now they replace Anthony Richardson with, uh, Graham Mertz, who historically underperformed at uh, Wisconsin and has no mobility. Um, Tom Fornelli had a couple stats on Florida's offense um, that they were top 20 in the country in, in explosive rushes and rush, um, rush yards per attempt, though their rushing success rate was 71st in the Power 5 or 71st in Division 1. Woof. Um, which indicates that like Anthony Richardson was also their rushing offense. Correct. Um, and their offensive line has got not gotten really much better. They're starting a freshman at left tackle. Um, and they have two true freshmen starting at receiver. Um, so it's a, it's a young offense around Graham Mertz going to one of the toughest places to play in the country um, in Utah at night uh, that it's going to be jumping. But on the other side of the ball, you know, we have no idea whether Cam Rising is going to play or if he plays, how healthy he's going to be. Um, that's been a mystery all summer. And Kyle Whittingham has come out and said he's not um, he is not going to provide an update on uh, Cam Rising's health status mm-hmm. before the game. Like you you won't find out until may, possibly well into the first quarter. First quarter. Yeah. First yeah, snap. If, if for, uh, for Utah is, is actually playing. Um, I think that's. This line opened, I believe, at 10 and has dropped to six and a half. Um, and I think that's just with the uncertainty. And if Rising wasn't playing, shout out my dog in the background. Um, if Rising wasn't playing, this line would be at four and a half. I think that's generous to to Florida. Obviously, you would think that they just have bigger, faster dudes, but I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Obviously, Utah, Utah didn't lose a lot from a team that beat USC twice last year. Yeah, um, I would. I'd agree with. Uh, yeah, the fact so that they haven't made, lost anybody. Yeah, if you made me pick, I mean, they lost Dalton Kincaid 
to the NFL, but that's pretty much it. Um, if you made me pick this game against the spread, uh, I don't. I would take Utah just because I think Utah is the better team. I think Florida is probably a year away from really meaningfully competing. Um, and I think they know where they are. I think there's a little bit of pressure on Florida to compete in every game just so that they keep winning on the recruiting trail. Like Florida, to me, more maybe the only school that cares more about where they are in the recruiting trail right now is Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. But Florida is totally focused. They hired Billy Napier because Dan Mullen wasn't a recruiter. They hired Billy Napier because Billy Napier is a bloodthirsty recruiter, and they know the only way that they're ever going to come close to beating Kirby Smart is if they went on the recruiting trail consistently over and over and over again. So I think everybody in Gainesville cares way more about what this team does in high school recruiting than what they do on the field this year because they just know that they're a roster devoid of talent and they, they're going to need a few years to build the program. So I, I think Florida tries to keep this game competitive. I think Utah still wins by a touchdown, which is why I would say lean the six and a half. I hate that number just because mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going on with Cam Rising. I think the number here to take, and I'm, I'm going to take it when I drive to Virginia and place my wagers uh, <laughs> legally is, uh, is the under. Um, this number was at 45 and a half this morning on Tuesday, and it's since dropped to 44 and a half, um, in the span of a day. And that's not, as far as I know, that's not based on any news. I haven't seen any updates on Cam Rising status. Like we said, we don't really know what the status of Cam Rising is. Um, but I, I just, I think most people are realizing that the only, the only real read we have on this game is that it's probably going to be a defensive, uh, football game. 22 per team is a pretty low total, but at the same time, you could totally see this being like a 21-17 victory for Utah at home, and this number stays well under. So give me the give me the under. I, this game will be fun to watch because it's a night game in Utah, and college football will be back, and everybody will be celebrating yeah. it. But I think as far as the game we get on the field, it's going to be a little rough. I, I think it'll be – I don't know if it'll be rough. I think it'll be defensive-centric. So this – uh, this goes into my lean. I don't have a play here because truly not knowing Rising's status uh, is concerning. I, I will say that ACL, I think, heals quicker, um, but I'm not positive. I I lean that way for two reasons. One, I'm not a believer in Graham Mertz. I think his TD to interception ratio is a, is a killer. He really doesn't have great passer ratings if you look at him historically. Now, maybe that changes with his position in Florida, but, um, you know, I'm not I think he turns the ball over too much. I think that coupled with a very strong Utah defense that can stop you and, you know, battle it out on the line is is troublesome, right? Because if you're Florida and you can't get the ball moving on the ground, then you're gonna have to go to the air. And if Mertz can't control himself and can't control the ball, right, I think one to two turnovers can really kill you against a Utah team that can kind of just grind you down on the ground. Um but like I said, the line opening at ten and dropping to six and a half also is concerning for me. If I'm a if I'm leaning Utah or I'm trying to pick Utah, because that suggests to me that somebody knows something that I don't. Like a four point move is a pretty strong move, uh, especially for a week one without anybody having really played. Uh, neither of the teams played, um, so that concerns me. I think I think it's a ploy. I think Cam Rising's probably fine, but in the off chance that he's not. I'm I'm gonna just stay away from this one, but I do I do lean Utah. Um, I'd be interested to see what the first half was. If it was like three and a half, I might also take that. Or 
um, take the under in the first half. Uh, it kind of in, in line with your thinking of, you know, what if Florida, what if no one comes out fired off, you know, fired up, firing off the ball in the first half, and then they kind of figure each other's defenses out in the second. But uh, I, I don't have a play for this one. I think it'll be a better matchup than you think, Mike, but um, certainly not a bad way to start off the season on a Thursday night watching Florida and Utah play. Uh, let's go to the next one. So day games on Saturday are really lacking, unfortunately. Uh, Saturday at night, though, we have a couple key matchups. Uh, first one, UTSA at Houston, an inter-Texas rivalry, soon to be uh, more serious. Uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, UTSA is minus two, over under 60. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I don't really have any plays here. Um, it's Power 5 versus non-Power 5. Like, to me, I, I lean... Where the non-Power 5 is favored. Yes, and it's it's weird, but I lean UTSA. Um, no read on the number, just because I, I I don't really know how good UTSA's offense is, or sorry, on the total. But um, against the spread, I would say UTSA feels like a team that's really gonna that has a chance to go like nine and three, even with out of non conference games against Houston, Army, and Tennessee. Um, so. I think there's a lot of potential for them. Houston, as I said on the, the previous show, I think that there's a chance that this season goes awry and there's there's a couple tough games, including this one, starting that Dana's uh, on the hot seat down there. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Tank Dell, who was their most explosive weapon last season to the NFL. Um, and the, the five, McCa- Eddie, or not Eddie McCaskill, I, um, whatever his name is, the the running back who was injured all of last season, I believe transferred. Um, so, the, like, I, I this team just doesn't seem like they have a ton of talent and way less talent than you normally expect from Dana. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have a play here, but I, I would lean UTSA. I think it, it'll be an interesting one that you probably keep checking the score on, but it's probably not on the TVs in the 730 slot because I think there's some better games. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I so I I lean UTSA mostly because of quarterback situation. Um, Houston lost uh, their star quarterback from last year, Clayton Toon. He got drafted, I think, by the Cardinals. If that makes, if that, yes. I remember right. Yeah, I think fifth round, right? Because they yeah. just cut Colt McCoy. It's either him or Josh Dobbs. <sighs> R.I.P. My boy, yeah. Colt McCoy, goat goat backup. In the NFL. Uh, Frank Harris, however, for UTSA is coming back this year. Uh, for those of you who don't watch like a lot of G5 football or out of out of Power 5 conference football, like UTSA is coming up, and they're coming up quick. And I think they kind of have the juice to pull it off here, even with the minus two. I will also say uh, the last meeting between these two teams, it was an amazing game. Uh, it was, I think, early last year, and it went to like, three overtimes before we had Houston pull away uh, after like being down by like a 14 point deficit, I think like two touchdowns. Yeah. I think it was two touchdowns. Anyway, it was a great game. And I think this will be another very, very fun, very, very good matchup. I do lean UTSA for that reason though. And also to be honest with you, I think UTSA is probably if they're not the best and Tulane is, then they're the second best uh, G five team in the country. And I think, they're going to come out firing against an interstate opponent, uh, especially one like Houston that that kind of followed the same path where they, you know, transitioned to Power Five over time, and UTSA just got to the AAC. 
Um, so you, I think you'll start to see UTSA try to try to start off strong and, and pull out a win against Houston. I have no play for the over under. Sixty seems a little high to me, but uh, to me too. But I, like I said, I don't know enough about UTSA as an offensive team to know whether or not. They they can score. They can keep it. I just don't trust Houston to match pace to get us over the sixty. I think like fifty four is probably more reasonable for this game, but because we're neither of us are taking it. PFF has no no line on the cash, but seventy five percent of the tickets are on the over, huh. um, which seems strange. That could just be a put it on the over because it's fun to do. Uh, all right, next game, University of North Carolina. At South Carolina Gamecocks, this this might be the best game of the nighttime time slot. I think uh, if you're not you know dead to rights set on UTSA, UNC at South Carolina is going to be a great game. UNC is favored by two and a half points, over under sixty four. Mike, I'll let you start off because this is your team. Uh, and uh, how do you think they're going to do at South Carolina? Um, I think this is a perfectly placed number. Um, yes, I I agree with that. Because, like, in theory, right, Drake May is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. Uh, North Carolina's offense should be good. Um, if they get Tez Walker, which that appeal still hasn't been ruled on, which is crazy. We're five days from kickoff. Um, but if they get Tez Walker, the, the offense should be about as explosive as last season on paper because they get British Brooks back. They return, I think, their four other running backs. Um, the offensive line should be somewhat better and you don't have the predictability of last season where everybody knew the ball was going to Josh Downs. Now, Josh Downs was good enough that it didn't matter. Um, but I think having a little bit of, uh, you don't really know where Drake Mays put in the football, um, and two really good, two to, I mean, three really good tight ends, uh, for North Carolina makes this offense really unpredictable. Um, but this comes down to like, to, how do you feel about, um, two things. I, I think the most important considerations here. Do you feel like UNC's defense could be better? Um, if you do, you're probably leaning North Carolina. If you don't, you're probably leaning South Carolina. Um, and really, do you feel like the last two games down the stretch for South Carolina last season were a fluke? Um, right. Because of you know what they did to Tennessee and then the the win at Clemson. Um, so. I I am surprised. This feels like more of a pick'em, but it, definitely being inside a field goal is where I feel like this number should be. Interestingly, I am very pessimistic on this game because I watched South Carolina destroy North Carolina at Charlotte two years ago in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Now, granted, totally <laughs> different circumstance. You know, um, Sam Howell had gone to the NFL, like the, totally different spot for two teams right, playing, right. and Frank Beamer, uh, or no, Shane Beamer. I did this last week too, Shane Beamer got his guys up for that game and North Carolina just didn't play in it. Um, this is going to be much different. Uh, if you're looking for the betting angle here, cash is 71% on North Carolina, even though the tickets are 54% on South Carolina. Um, and then the over 81% of the cash is on the over, even though 60% of the tickets are on the under. Um, so Vegas seems to think North Carolina in a high scoring game uh, wins this one, which I would take it. Um, I am deathly afraid of this game as a North Carolina fan. I think there's a really good chance that North Carolina loses this game if the defense is the same disaster that it was last season. Uh, South Carolina is going to score. I think 
this this game's going to get into the 30s. I, I actually don't hate the over the more that I think about it. I'm not going to take it either way. I'm also not taking North Carolina in this game. Um, it's just there's no value in, in a two-and-a-half number. Um, I would like it more if we were on the other side of it, uh, similar to like Florida State being two-and-a-half dogs against LSU. I feel like there's no value in the money line there. Um, but overall, yeah, this should be fun. Uh, this, sh- this should be a, a, a high-scoring game much like most of the games UNC played this year. Um, and there's a chance that, I mean, this is a really important game for both teams and it's going to yeah. be it, because North Carolina's schedule is not nearly as hard as South Carolina's, but North Carolina also can't afford to get off to a bad start if they want to be a nine and three, 10 and two team, um, which is where their ceiling is. If the defense is any better. Um and if you start losing games like this, it doesn't get it. North Carolina plays this game, then they come home and they get App and Minnesota back to back. Not easy. And then they yeah, finish no, not, off not that stretch before, with Pitt. Yeah, before they get Campbell as their tomato can. So, yeah. um, the the schedule for North Carolina doesn't break favorably, and even less so for South Carolina. So I, I think both teams can't really afford to lose this game, which should make it very compelling. Like I said, I, I don't have picks here. Um, I am pessimistic because I think that's just my nature as to whether or not UNC wins this game. But I was encouraged by the way that they played in the bowl game last year against Oregon. So, I, dude, I don't know. This is going to be – I think this is going to be – this is going to stay within a touchdown, go down to the wire, and it really could go either way. Yeah, I – if we're talking what bets you like, I almost – so this 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 feels like a week one chaos game. I don't know why. It's just in my gut. I feel like this is a chaos game. I I don't have a pick specifically based on the line, and I also don't lean either way on money line. I think South Carolina probably wasn't a fluke. Those last two games, I think, you know, they might have actually found something, might have figured something out, might have like gotten themselves together. I think Spencer Rattler showed a lot last year in those last two games, but I also think North Carolina is simply a better team when you look at them overall. So I'm actually like not, I I, I don't have a lean either way, really. I think two and a half is a perfect line. If I were to make a bet on this game, I would say, I think this game goes to overtime, which would be fun, but I, I, I agree with you. I don't see any team pulling away with, with a victory over like, seven and a half points right i i don't i don't see like a 10 point blowout unless there's a garbage time touchdown at the end um and if you're looking at over unders i think 64 is a is a good number i would lean the over um i know it seems kind of high for a week one but maybe the defenses struggle to figure it out maybe offenses come out throwing and just catch a corner off guard you know, so I, I think it'll be a, the fun matchup for the week. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna dual screen UTSA and UNC side by side. Um, so I think it'll be a blast. But I don't have a play for this game. But I I am very interested to see because I think this makes her breaks South Carolina's season, and I think it has the possibility to do that to do that for North Carolina too. Because if you look at South Carolina, right, if you lose to UNC, you have an awful stretch after week two. Played yeah. Georgia, then Mississippi State, then Tennessee, back to back to back. That's all right. before September. You could you could genuinely come in to October being one and four, which would yeah. be awful for for South Carolina. So I think it'll be interesting. I think it's a big game early in the year. I'm very excited in that regard. 
Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, even after that, they go, they get Florida at home and then back-to-back road games at Missouri and at Texas A&M. Texas A&M mm-hmm. should be better. Missouri is never an easy place to travel in the SEC. So, uh, yeah, it could get really bad for South Carolina if they don't beat North Carolina. And then I'm going back to last year just to find the scores of these games. Uh, they, they beat Clemson 31-30 at Clemson. Uh, Rattler had 260 or sorry, 360 yards in that game. The Tennessee one was a bit more fluky because, um, you know, Hooker didn't play, like correct. Hurt he got he got hurt in that game, right? Or did he was he hurt? He was the, either hurt in that game or the week before. Um, but Hooker did, definitely didn't play that whole game. And, and correct, I think South Carolina had a couple like either a scoop and score or pick six that made that score a lot worse than it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, they certainly they certainly took advantage of what was on the field at the time. Yeah. So, so like, we'll, I will see. It, it is. I, I think it's probably the most interesting game of, of week. Maybe you could make the argument LSU Florida State probably is even. You know, because you have two teams that I think have really high expectations. But UNC and, and USC overall is probably the maybe the more important game for both. Because um, I think LSU and Florida State could both make a recovery that puts them into the mm-hmm. peripheral playoff conversation. Uh, if they lose, I think you went both. North Carolina and South Carolina have the chance to have their season go off the rails before it even starts, beginning with a loss in this game. Yeah, especially like a real bad loss. Yeah. It can spiral quick. All right, well, we're not going to jump to LSU-Florida State just yet. We're going to go to one more game on Saturday slate at 9.30 p.m. Central, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Coastal Carolina at UCLA in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. UCLA is 14.5-point favorites. Over-under is, I see, 65.5 right now. Um, pick this game for a couple of reasons. One, it's the only really valuable night game. Um, so <laughs> when you've when you've not gotten your fill yet of football on Saturday, uh, there's there's some late at night, some nice uh, Pacific Coast um, watching, and then also, uh, despite sixty two percent of the bets on UCLA, I see upwards of ninety five percent of the money on coastal so someone knows something so that's the easily the biggest difference by far uh so far this year at uh plus 59 percent. so mike let's run it down do you have any picks for this game and let's take a look at it and see what you think i do i am with the money trend here i i was going to go this way before i looked it up and then when i saw 97 percent of the cash on coastal uh it made me even more confident Jamie Chatwell, uh, who's the coach at uh, at Coastal Carolina, through this rise that they've had, he's gone. He's at Liberty, um, but Grayson McCall is still there. The returning three times Sun Belt Player of the Year um, is still there, and now he he is one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. They go out to the West Coast to play um, to to play UCLA team at, that it feels like always has one of these sleeper games mm-hmm. early in the season. Like the, the Texas A&M game where they went down like 28 points back. When, this is before Texas A&M was consistently ranked in the top 25. And then Josh Rosen bailed them out. Um, they had a sleeper last year against South Alabama. Um, like they just, they don't, Chip Kelly just doesn't care. Either he doesn't care about these games or he hasn't found a way to get his team prepared to play them. Um 14 and a half is large here. And the other thing too, is 
he's starting a freshman quarterback in Dante Moore. Now, granted, a top five, like recruited five star recruit Dante Moore, but still, still a, a recruit of five stars. A freshman quarterback in his first start at home against a quarterback, probably five years his senior. Um, it to me, this screams like this game stays way closer than it should be. UCLA maybe turns the ball over a couple times. Let's Coastal stay in this game. I got burned last year betting Coastal, I think, against like Buffalo or something. But I I think Coastal will be geared up to play this game out West. I think that this stays a lot closer than most people think. I think Vegas agrees with me. I am on uh, Coastal plus 14 and a half. I also like Coastal plus 14 and a half. Uh, we concur there. Um even though I'm violating the Chip Kelly rule. Um, but I also am going to sprinkle Moneyline Coastal a little bit. Really? I, I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the, if Coastal's secondary has improved a bunch, which is, is a big ask, um, you know, they have the offense to kind of keep up with UCLA in that respect. So if the defense can slow them down just a little and the offense kicks it in a high gear with a veteran quarterback with a 70%, I think he has career passer percentage, which is crazy. Um, I think you're going to see an air raid offense from coastal. I think if that O-line can hold those blocks while they get the passing game going and defense maybe can get one turnover, I think you could see, at the very least, Coastal keep it within the number, but possibly even an upset here. Remember, UCLA almost lost to South Alabama, who's also in the Sun Belt, and yeah, like last year. So I've been you know, Coastal yeah, is very was, good. I went back to last season's schedule: thirty-one thirty, they beat South Alabama, or thirty-two thirty. But their their first game of the season was against Bowling Green. They went they won forty-five to seventeen uh, as a twenty-four and a half point favorite, but they were down ten points in the second quarter. Um, and that was with DTR at quarterback. Uh, and then they beat Alabama State 45-7, to seven, but I'm a, that would be, what's that, a 38? They were probably 38-point favorites, um, but maybe not given the way that they played the week before. Um, the bottom line here is that they don't, they don't play these games well consistently, um, and I think that's really factoring in here. But, yeah, South Alabama, they beat – sorry, 32-31. Yeah. Yeah, and of note as well, UCLA did not do well while heavily favored against any team uh, last year. I think they had like maybe one or two out of six or seven wins when they weren't favored, like against the spread. So um, something to consider too is that UCLA, at least as of last year, had not been covering the number when they were favored by more than a touchdown. Uh, And especially early on, as we've seen, I, I don't know that UCLA kicks it in a year early on yeah going back to 2019 they lost a home game against san diego state 23 to 14 they also went um four and eight that year but that was uh dtr was playing um and then they lost a home game to fresno state uh the week after they beat lsu um in 2021 so this is a team that against non-Power 5 competition at home in the first three weeks consistently finds a way to screw it up. All right. Well, let's go on to our last game, uh, our last big game of the week, before we go uh, onto our picks. As a reminder, it is the first week of college football, which means there's no NFL football, which means you have football on Sunday. 
which is wonderful. So yeah. there's yeah, a few good games of the few good games. There is a killer awesome game that I am so excited for. LSU at Florida State, Sunday night, 7.30 Eastern. LSU's two-and-a-half-point favorites over-under is 55-and-a-half. Huge, huge, huge game. Lots of playoff implications in week one already. Mike, what do you got? Um, I don't have a pick here. Um, I This one's so hard to read because I'm down on both of these teams um, in general. Uh, my lean here is Florida State money line. Um, and this I think Jordan Travis is a better quarterback than uh, Jaden Daniels. I think he's a more consistent quarterback than Jaden Daniels. I think LSU's pregame ranking is based on less truth than uh, maybe Florida State's is because uh, LSU, I think, finished last year with that, that win against Alabama, which is a good win, games at home, but a game that um, they, they barely snuck out of. This game is always like a coin flip, and it has been. Yeah, last year was the 24-23 game. Um, and the, these two teams just find ways to keep these games close, and I'm just – I'm not sold on LSU being the true playoff contender this year. I think they're still a year away as far as a program-building, you know, glide path to being a true – and Brian Kelly has admitted that he, you know, he has come out and, and said, you know, he didn't think that it would be this year uh, from the beginning. His goal was always next year was going to be the beginning of contending for college football playoff spots. So I think they're probably ahead of schedule, especially when you look at their preseason ranking, but I don't necessarily, I think that that is heavily reflective of the way they finished last year with the game against Alabama and not necessarily reflective of where this team is talent wise. You add in the the loss of um, Mason Smith up front, and I just I think Florida State finds a way in this game, and, and I think arguably this game might be more important for them too because if you look at the rest of their schedule, it's much softer than uh, LSU's is going to be in the SEC West. I mean, they go to Clemson in Week Four, but then it's just it's Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke at Wake Forest, at Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and Florida. There's not another preseason ranked team on there, and really the only team that's the only two teams that are even close, I would say, are like Miami and Florida, and maybe Duke. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, it, the rest of the season for even if LSU, you know, or, or Florida State loses to LSU, they knock off Clemson. They're the eleven and one ACC champions. Then you have a real shot to make the playoff there, and, and even a ten and two season, you might still end up as the conference champ, depending on what Clemson does. So. Um, yeah, I think that this game, I, I think Florida State is just, if I had, I, I think these two teams are so similar and that's why I like Florida State getting two and a half. I think this really should be like pretty close to a pick them. Um, and that's why I'll just take the value on the money line. Cause I, I really, this feels like North Carolina, USC, but with two better teams, just like you have no idea which way this game's going to go. And I, I, maybe that's just because last year's game was so nuts, but it just this this feels like a game that could go in any direction, and so just give me the juice on Florida State money line. I'm not uh, taking, sorry, I'm not taking it. But if if you made me take it, I would I would lean Florida State money line. I am actually I do have a bet on this one. Uh, I like LSU minus two and a half. We are on opposite sides on this, and I will tell you why. It's mostly two parts. 
Uh, first, Mike Norville is a very good coach. I just think that Brian Kelly is slightly better. That, that uh, is also true. Okay. <laughs> that's that's not, part that's not debatable. <laughs> that, that's part one. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I just think LSU has a very established coaching staff with a very veteran coach. I think that matters. I also think, despite him saying that, I think Jaden Daniels is a better quarterback. Uh, and, I mean, Vegas agrees with me. He is only plus 1,000 to win the Heisman. Jordan Travis is like plus 1,800, right? But the I think when you boil it down, I think LSU has the juice a little bit. I think they remember last year's game where they lost on a missed PAT. I think that gets them fired up. And I think they know going into this, there's a lot of hype, a lot of subtle hype around Alabama. And LSU, I think, comes off firing off the ball, kind of showing who they are. I think ironically, well, maybe not ironically, I still think Florida State will beat Clemson and will go on to win the ACC. I said that in the preview. Uh, I just don't believe they will beat the Tigers. I think this will be the one game that they fall, and I think they fall by probably a touchdown, if not more. I really do think um, LSU is kind of a sleeper this year as far as I think they can rival Alabama and Georgia ever so slightly. Uh, and if they beat Alabama, it's I think it'll be more or less set in stone that they make it to the SEC championship game. So um should be interesting. I'm very interested to see, but I do have my bet is LSU minus two and a half for this game. Very exciting. All right, let's get into picks. Mike, you want to go first or second? Uh, you have more picks. I only have five picks, two of which have been mentioned. I will go first because I have more, and then okay. um, if you want to tell anything, you can add it. Um, okay. All right, so also Thursday night, uh, Minnesota-Nebraska. Um, I am on Nebraska plus seven. This is a – I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't believe I it in it. Minnesota. Um, they, they're starting a sophomore quarterback, four-star recruit, um, but it is not Tanner Morgan who was there for 19 years anymore. They lose Mo Ibrahim. This offense is very much in question. The defense is very good. I think the you know the under here is a decent play, although the value is kind of gone from it. I'm assuming that has gone down. Um, but also, so you have a you know the game is at Minnesota, but a, a home opener for a uh, sophomore quarterback versus Jeff Sims starting for Nebraska. Um, who is an experienced quarterback coming over from Georgia Tech. Matt Rule, I think, you know, regardless of what you thought of his time in Carolina, I think is a solid game planner and a Correct. solid play caller um, and has proven that in college at multiple institutions. So I, I think Nebraska's offense is going to be better. Their defense is still going to stink. But I don't think it – like they've got to get a couple stops in this game mm-hmm. against Minnesota to make it competitive. And overall, I think – you know, Minnesota's got a, a tough schedule out of the gate. Um, I think Nebraska is going to be juiced up for this game. They've they've been kind of written off and forgotten about until Matt Rule gets it going there. I think yep. he finds a way to get them to play in this game. Um, so I like uh, Nebraska with the number. I think Minnesota still wins. I wouldn't sprinkle the money line, but I think Nebraska probably keeps this closer. Um, and maybe if you want to go a little bit on the first half here, also not a bad option. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I I don't hate the logic. I, I saw it and I actually leaned it. I might tail. It'll be a game time decision. Uh, yeah. No pun intended, but but I like the pick. I'm assuming the I'm assuming the first half line will probably be at like two and a half. If it's at three and a half, that gets yeah. interesting for me. Um I we already talked about Florida Utah I'm on the under forty four and a half. Uh Friday night, late night, Stanford, Hawaii. Uh we saw Hawaii play Vanderbilt 
very competitively. They covered for me uh, in the three picks. I had. Oh, sorry. Going off of last week, I did have uh, three picks in the preview show. Went two and one. So I'm two and one on the year. Um, Notre Dame covered. Hawaii covered. USC did not. Um, but I like Stanford. Stanford Hawaii under 59 here. I the money is flowing in heavily on Hawaii after their performance. I think this has been this gone down from like Hawaii plus six and a half to now. Hawaii plus three and a half. The cash is 86% uh, on Hawaii. And, and I think Hawaii would be better first game on the island since the Maui wildfires. I think it'll be emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I just Agreed. don't have enough confidence to take Hawaii yet. I think there's a very good chance they win this game outright because Stanford's very bad. Um, I just don't know that I think that that's going to happen in this game. Hawaii does run an air raid, which scares you for um, the total. But at 59 uh, you would need both teams to put up 30 points. I don't see how both Stanford and Hawaii get to 30 points in this game. Yeah, they're not they're not bad teams because both let up seven touchdowns a game. They're bad teams, or they're they're not they're they're not good teams because they struggle to score on on multiple occasions. Yeah, so it just I think I think overall I think this game stays in the 20s for both teams. I, I think. Like I said, I, I'm not confident enough to say Hawaii is going to win this game outright, though I wouldn't really be surprised if they do. Um, but I, I don't think both teams get over 30 in this game, so I like the number at under um, 59.5. I think Hawaii is going to play good defense in this game. They did let up 35 to Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt is better than um, is better than Stanford, and I think they had a pick six in that game. Um, so I like – Stanford, Hawaii, under 59. I'll start rolling through these a little bit faster. Um, Kentucky, minus 26 and a half. If you watched the previous show, I'm high on Kentucky, so I'm high here. Uh, this is less than a four-touchdown line against Ball State, who is pretty bad. Um, and on top of that, the cash in this game is 93% on Kentucky, while 54% of the tickets are. Um, and that, to me, thinks that Vegas is a lot higher on Kentucky, which is sort of what lines up with me. Um, as opposed to the public. So I, I like Kentucky here. I saw when this came out, when I saw this, when it came out, I liked this, the cash only confirmed it. I, I love Kentucky in this spot. I think they cover four touchdowns, especially with Devin Leary and improved offensive line, better wide receivers. They should be pretty good. Uh, two unit play Tennessee minus 28 against uh, Virginia at home. Uh, can somebody mm-hmm. explain to me why this number is where it is? And it hasn't moved. That's the crazy part. Like, we are. We all agree that Virginia is going to be one of the worst teams in the Power Five and is going to be very bad. Tennessee, in contrast, was one of the. <laughs> Sorry, um, Tennessee was one of the best offenses in the Power Five last year. Uh, it's not like they have an, an incompetent quarterback um, in Joe Milton. Hang on. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the. Uh... <laughs> This is uh, apropos uh, Stella in in uh, Big Cat's house just barking. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I think we're good now. Um, no, t- Tennessee was one of the best offenses in Power Five last year. Joe Milton is not. They're they're very high on Joe Milton this year, and even if he stinks, they'll go to Nico in the second half, uh, who was one of the best recruits in the country last year. I think Tennessee keeps scoring in this game. I would not be shocked to see this somewhere near sixty points for. Uh, Tennessee. So then the question is, is Virginia going to put up 20, 30 on Tennessee's defense? No, uh, I I don't understand why this number is only four touchdowns. It, it, it screams to me, Tennessee wins this game 
like Notre Dame did against Navy running. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like is if you look up on Saturday and it's 50 to 10 Tennessee in the fourth quarter, is anyone going to be surprised? No, no, you'll be, you'll, uh, it, I'll hop in here. Cause it's, I have a three unit play <laughs> it's yeah, Tennessee yeah. minus 27 and a half. I think it's, I think it's, which scares me because I think so highly of this pick, it's bound to lose, but I, I don't see if Tennessee is a, if you're talking about Tennessee being a possible contender for the college football playoffs, like over Georgia, uh, you know, in the same vein that LSU people think LSU might be Alabama, right? Like if Tennessee is going to pull that off and they're going to be that good, they're going to come out and destroy this team. And I think we saw a lot from Tennessee last year that, that made me really hopeful that they could be a very, very good team. So I think you're not off. I, I, I just don't see where this number is at. I don't see why it hasn't moved. Um, which is weird because maybe someone knows something we don't, but I think Tennessee's a very good team and I think they'll come out firing and, and just destroy what should be a non-competitive team. Yeah. And, and for the record, this isn't just us. The cash is 92% on Tennessee and the tickets are 61%. So Vegas, even knowing that this, that the public is favoring Tennessee is still hammering this line and yet it still hasn't moved. So if somebody knows something, it's the books, not the, not the major betters. Right. right. Um, I don't understand why this line is where it is. I love Tennessee in this spot. Um, Texas and my next pick, Texas and Rice over 59. Um, I, I flirted with taking Texas minus 35 here. Rice isn't going to be that good. Texas, if they're going to be a, a playoff contender, needs to, to win games like this. But I love the over here because Texas's offense should be pretty good. Rice has JT Daniels, which if you didn't know, he is still playing college football. Um, so a six, a six-year quarterback going to Texas uh, in games they typically don't play well in. Uh, there's a chance Texas comes out a little slow in this game uh, and doesn't cover this number. They they win by 28 or something like that. But I do think, given the fact that Rice should have a somewhat competent offense, uh, there's a the the more likely you know play here is that this goes over especially given that Quinn Ewers will probably come out of the game early to stay healthy I think that's good for the over in this case because you're going to get like an arch or the other backup that they have there uh playing and they're going to try to keep scoring like they they're not going to stop scoring with a backup quarterback in because they correct get correct guys reps throwing the ball um so, you know there's I feel like this this covers in the fourth quarter with some garbage time touchdowns and you get over the total. Uh, and for a game like this, it, it just feels like fifty nine is too low. Um, especially if you get any, if you get ten points of contribution from, uh, or, or ten or seventeen from Rice, and you only need to get Texas only needs to get to forty, um, you yep. feel pretty good about that. So give me uh, Texas Rice over fifty nine. Uh, I'm going to take Alabama minus 39. They get Middle Tennessee State at home. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm high on Alabama this year. Add in the fact that they haven't picked a quarterback and um, and Nick Saban hasn't come out and said uh, he, he hasn't released a depth chart. and said Yeah, that home. screams um, he's going to put a billion points up play. on whoever they play. Yeah, they're going to play every quarterback in this game. Like J- Milrow is going to go off. Buckner's going to go off. Simpson's going to go off. And they're just going to give you all sorts of different looks for next week against Texas. Um, again, not just me. 74% of the tickets are on Bama, but 98% of the cash. Uh, if we believe that Alabama is poised for a rebound this year, you, you've got to love them in this spot. 39 and a half is just too low. Like, I mean, if, if they don't cover, it's going to be because yeah, they would... win like 38 to nothing. 
Like there, there's not a world where Middle Tennessee scores like 17. Correct. I think 40. Like, I like this up to 41 um, and a half. I'll talk about it when I go. But yeah, um, we'll have Bama in this spot. Penn State minus 20 and a half. They get West Virginia at home. Neil Brown is desperate. He also hasn't named a starter. This is the only one where I'm fading Vegas. Uh, 68% of the cash is on uh, West Virginia, though 56% of the tickets are on Penn State. This, to me, comes down to do you believe in Penn State? If you believe in Penn State, this number shouldn't be 21. It should be like 24. Um, And getting it inside of three touchdowns, uh, so 21 covers, I I really like Penn State in this spot. I I think that they they put it on West Virginia to open the season games at home, too. I just – if maybe it's a sucker pick, I don't know, but it just feels like such a low number for two teams that we think are going in truly opposite directions. Um, that I love Penn State here, uh, minus 20 and a half. I this one I may eat crow on, but I just uh, if you believe in Drew Aller and you believe in Penn State, this feels like an easy win. Um, Tulane minus six and a half. Uh, I know that you didn't want to take him because you didn't want to seem like a homer. Um, South Alabama is okay, but not great for a non-Power 5 team. Tulane is ranked as the best Correct. non-Power 5 team in the country. They Their biggest Omaha. loss was Tajay um, Spears, who, is- if you were watching um, Tennessee, uh, not the college team, the professional football team, Titans, uh, Titans. he was yeah. going <laughs> off in preseason. Um, so they lost him, but Michael Pratt comes back, uh, who was now a, a senior, is, is ranked pretty high for G5 quarterback. Um, so the hope is that if they can kind of fill that running back spot, they'll be with a relatively similar team. So I, I, I don't hate the pick at all. Yeah. No, they it's a but it's a conference game to like they get it at home. You can't come out slow. Uh, and the icing on the cake for me, 90 percent of the tickets are on Tulane, 98 percent of the cash. So even this is mm-hmm. an even more heavily favored public bet. Uh and still Vegas likes it. Um, we're on a lot of favorites this week, but I think this one makes sense in the spot they're in. Uh, give me Tulane minus six and a half. We talked about Coastal plus 14 and a half. Last pick Monday night, Clemson minus 12 and a half. I think Duke takes a step back in that I don't think they're sneaking up on anybody this year. Riley Leonard comes back. Duke should be decent. Um, but that's bad news for Duke in games where they yeah. play against better teams because better teams are not going to look past them. Game is at Duke, but... At Duke is not College a tough football, place to no. play, especially for Clemson. Yeah, especially for Clemson to come over the border. Um, two touchdowns just feels too low. If you think Club Nick's going to be better this year, that defense is legit, um, and defense travels. Uh, Clemson has a tendency to not show up as impressively in these opening games. Um, but I think, you know, they, they changed both coordinators. Garrett Riley, the TCU offensive coordinator, is now at Clemson. Uh, I think they have the potential to score way more points in this game. Uh, this number feels like it should be closer to like 17 if I'm just looking at these two teams on paper. Uh, so I like Clemson to win. I like it. All right. Uh, I've gone through a majority of my picks. So I'll, I'll give you what uh, I have and just repeat the ones real quick that, that we've gone over, and then I'll give you some game time decisions, as I'll call them. Uh, Tennessee minus 27 and a half, biggest play of the week. Uh, enough said. I think they're so much better than the team they're playing done utsa minus one and a half uh we covered it as well i think houston's trending downward i think utsa is trending upward i don't think houston being a power five school really means anything in this game because utsa uh was a g5 team with houston last year so that like that narrative i i don't believe in it i think that's why utsa's favored they'll be a very good team this year uh so utsa 
Uh, it's it's bounced between one and a half and two. I like it up to two and a half. Uh, LSU minus two and a half. Uh, already discussed. Still big fan of the 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 bet. I think LSU will be very good this year. Uh, I do have one underdog. It is uh, Central Michigan, uh, which is I know a weird one. Um, I fourteen points, fourteen and a half points for Central Michigan. Uh, just feels like a tad too much. Um, I, I'm I'm pulling up the the stats here uh, right now. I. Uh- Ninety-three percent of the cash is on Central Michigan. Seventy. Yeah. So this was a lot of this was uh, a, a a bet based on the the monies. Um, but I, I mean, Michigan State's a very bad team. Michigan State will will be as bad, maybe even worse than they were last year. Fourteen and a half for an interstate rival, despite them being Central Michigan, just. Feels like too much. The over-under is 45.5, so that suggests that they don't think Central Michigan will score more than a touchdown. I really don't think Michigan State's going to score that much. Uh, I think uh, Central Michigan can keep it inside the number. It's just it's a, it's a numbers bet based on how much money is on Central Michigan versus the Spartans, um, even over how many tickets are on Central Michigan. So just following the numbers on that one. Um, where 14 and a half is, is a lot for Michigan state to overcome. Uh, and then I like Wisconsin, uh, minus 27 and a half. Um, there's some people that are like shockingly high on, uh, Wisco this year. I'm not as high, but I think they're a very good team still. Um, and I think they come out against, you know, you're, you're, essentially a four touchdown favorite. I don't know that Wisconsin really struggles against Buffalo. Um, the number's gone from 23 to 27 and a half. I like it up to, to 28. I, I locked it in at 27 and a half, but uh, Wisco is going to be a good team this year. Just trust your gut, put your money on the, the much better team uh, against Buffalo, you know, and it's at Wisconsin. It's going to be nice weather, 2.30 PM on Fox that Wisco should pull it off. And then I got three game time decisions that I lean uh, I lean SMU minus 20, uh, Bama minus 40, like we discussed, and Tulane minus six and a half. The last two are trails, uh, just based on what you kind of discussed. Um, I do like SMU. SMU is a pretty good team, uh, and I think they're going to be – I don't want to say sneaky good. I still think um, that they are worse than Tulane and UTSA. I, I think they might even be like the third – one of the teams to watch coming up uh, in the next couple of years. So uh, they're playing Louisiana, Louisiana tech. Uh, they'll be at home. Uh, I think they start off the season, right? I think you see them 21, 28 point victory year. Um, they, they, they did pretty good last year finishing up. They kept BYU close. They beat Memphis. You know, they almost beat kind of Tulane. That was the only real game that they got crushed. Um, so I like, uh, SMU here. I think they'll be a good team. Uh, I don't disagree with that on SMU. I did miss a pick. Um, so I'll go through that. Really. Oregon State minus 16 and a half. This game is Sunday. They play San uh, Jose State at San Jose State. Um, San Jose State just covered against uh, USC minus 31. The If you believe that 
the difference between USC and Oregon State is not that big and that Oregon State is going to be better offensively than mm-hmm. they were last year, like I do, um, then this number shouldn't be 17 points. This number should be closer to like 24 points. Um, San Jose State has a decent offense, but Oregon State's defense is better than USC's defense. Um, and so I will take that uh, number the where it is. Uh, Vegas agrees the cash is 88% on Oregon State, though the tickets are 60%. Um, so if this is how do you feel okay. about Oregon State? I like it. If you think like they're it. gonna be a legit threat, um, this all right. be a well, that is week game. one. Um, so give me college football preview. Uh, uh, give me I'm State. Alex. That's Mike. Thank you for turning in. Like and subscribe as a reminder. Starting next week, week one NFL, we do both college and NFL in a very similar fashion. Run down the best games of the week. NFL, we talk about every single game, uh, but college football, we pick out the best ones. But like and subscribe, and thank you for listening.